welcome to Scenario D, the podcast that takes you behind the magic by giving you the facts and a whole lot of feelings. I'm Curbs. And I'm Lish. And this week, we've invited along a few friends to share their questions, qualms, and quandaries from season one. They've got a lot of feelings and a lot of opinions. So get ready for us to get roasted. Curbs did compare Naveen's voice to Shrek at one point, and that made me really upset. You guys said let it go, unironically, in the Frozen episode so many times. Uh, Jasmine not being a princess. I was screaming at my phone during the Unpopular Opinions episode. I think they're both dumb. Okay, Curbs. Okay, We Lish. are not alone today. I know. We've so got exciting. some friends. Who knew we had friends? Who I know. Knew? I know. And people that love Disney, dare I say, just as much as us. Yes, but in different ways, you know? In different ways. In different ways. We've got the lovely Jasmine, who is named... No, you're not named after a princess. The princess is named after you. Also worked at Disney World for Uh a year of her life. So she's got that going for her. And we've got Kristen here as well, who of all of us has been to the most Disney parks. So she's got that going for her. Because Disney World and Disneyland, right? And Paris. And Paris. And Paris. Okay. But Mm. we can't go any further without letting everyone know that these are your little sisters. It's important to know. Baby sisters. Yes, they are. Yes. Yes. So if you notice any particular hostility directed at Lish from these two women, it's because they have a family connection. Like I just, I feel like there might be some bullying happening in this episode and I think you deserve it. But in case people are concerned for you, I just want to get that out there that, you know, blood is thicker than water, et cetera, et cetera, whatever other phrases you have about family mend the bond, whatever. Yes. Yeah, I yes. just want to get that uh, We might not speak for like a day or two after this, but then we'll be best friends again and it'll be fine. So Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Fair. So yeah. we know them pretty well. I know them very well. Let's mm-hmm. let everyone else get to know them a little bit with a couple magical rapid fire questions. So mm-hmm. guys, first question coming at you. Who is the most magical Disney princess? Jasmine. Jasmine says Jasmine. (laughs) Belle. I would like to know what your most magical Disney memory is. Um, I went to Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween and I met Jafar and he wouldn't hug anyone, even the children, but he gave me a hug because of my name. Because your name was Jasmine. That is so magical, actually. That's wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Kristen, I don't know how you're going to beat that, but you're going to say I, sh- I should have gone first. So that was a good <laughs> one. Okay. Um, mine would have to be one paint the night parade that happened in LA where I sat next to the most adorable girl who we made friends with and just watching that with through the eyes of a child. She got Aww. so excited. It was really cute. And we got a lot of character attention because there's a really adorable girl. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was probably a favorite. Love that. That's a humble brag, dropping LA in there, just casual. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're over here like... <laughs> I've been to Toronto. What a big city. And you're like, you're in LA. <laughs> okay, well, we can't all live in LA. It's my only Disney yeah. flex here, yeah, so I have to use it. Final, final question. 
and probably the most important, what is the most magical Scenario D episode? I liked Unpopular Opinion slash Moana. Oh. I actually really liked Frozen 2, your last one. I just listened to it. Okay. Mm -hmm. See, I'm actually not surprised that Jazz likes the Unpopular Opinions because she's just like all about the drama. And you were like the only person not mad at me after that one. You were like, you're true. You were like, that was fun. Like, I, I support. <laughs> Let's do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's good though to have someone in your corner at all times, you know? Because Lord knows mm-hmm. I'm not. Those showdowns clearly yeah. put us at opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. So, you know, thanks for the pity votes, everyone who follows Lish on Instagram and gave those to me. I'm glad I finally won <laughs> one week after Frozen 2. Am I bitter about it? I mean, maybe, but I will never tell. Uh, moving on, guys. <laughs> So we've invited you ladies here today because we enjoy friends, but also because we understand you have some questions and qualms to share with us. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with what the term qualm means, I will explain. A qualm is essentially an issue. It's a problem you might have. It's something that's kind of ruffling your feathers that you'd like to get off your chest. So I think Knowing that this could be a very heated conversation, I'd like to start with the questions. What questions came up for you as you were enjoying, loving, living for, eagerly awaiting a new episode of Scenario D every week over the past couple months? All right, I'll go first. Did your rankings change after doing all the research or do you stand by your initial princess rankings? Mm. Oh, wow. I mean, that is a good question. And I kind of figured that mine would change. Mine change a lot as it is. I have one huge regret. And I talked about this in the episode. (laughs) And it's Mulan. Like, the second I started looking into that one, I was like, I put this way too low. Like, I I forgot that I loved it so much. So for me, Mm -hmm. I would like straight up swap Mulan and Rapunzel. Yeah, we, Lish and I have talked about this a lot over the past few weeks, actually, because when we got into the Renaissance princesses in particular, that's where stuff started to get really good. Like that's, that's kind of when Mm -hmm. the movies got really good. It's when the characters started getting fleshed out. And there were a lot of those movies that for me, I hadn't watched for a while. So I also would have to move Mulan up, but see, here's, here's the rub. So Frozen 2 has to stay at number one. It just absolutely has to. I can't, I can't even fathom moving it from that position. I also think that I need to keep Tangled at number two because rewatching that movie always brings me such intense joy. So I think this is like, there's a lot of pieces going on in my brain right now. It's like, if anyone watched Sherlock when he's like doing all the like, here are the streets and the mind palace type situation, that's what's happening in my brain right now. But I think because of how hurtful Pocahontas was, I need to drop it significantly in where I rank it because that movie is still something I'm wrestling with. If I'm being honest, I have not watched it since we did that episode. I'm not really comfortable with it at all. And I'm still kind of processing. So if she was in my third spot, I would put her maybe now in ninth, to be honest, I would drop her under princess and the frog, which I would still leave at eighth. I would move Moana to third, Mulan to fourth, and then Cindy fifth, Beauty and the Beast sixth, and then continue right. on. Yeah. I think that's what I would do. And now that's I'm fair. not I'm not locking that in. Like I'm not closing ranks on this, but that right mm-hmm. now in this moment, I think is what I would have to do. Cause yeah, Pocahontas was just a really tough one for me. That was a really hard yeah. episode and a really 
kind of challenging one. So I feel that too. And I'm not quite sure what to do with it. I definitely would put Moana higher than Pocahontas. Like I would swap those Mm -hmm. two, but I'm not sure beyond that. We'll have to do this again. Yeah. Ask us again in like two months when we've had time to rewatch all of them again. And then Mm -hmm. maybe things will have changed. But I think we can both agree in summary that Mulan for sure was way too low for both of us. Like, so does that answer your question, Jasmine? Yes. Thank you. Would you, what would you have liked to see change with our rankings? Like when you first looked at our rankings, did you, did you feel like it made sense for what you know about the two of us? Or was there anything that really stood out as a shock on either of ours? I'd be curious to know. And from you too, Kristen. Jasmine was very low. I don't think she got enough credit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's fair. And she didn't really have a she didn't have a chance to move up because we haven't done that movie yet. So like it's hard because you get more clarity when you dive in. So like for mm-hmm. me right now, like I put her at 13. Like yeah, her. second last. <laughs> that cut deep. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't point. know. Like I'm kind of expecting to have like I've been really not feeling Aladdin for like the past couple of years. That could change when we do that movie mm-hmm. in season two. So for now, it is what it is. Curbs once told that. me that I'm most like Jasmine, and that's one of the reasons I like her. So Aww. I like her. That hurts. <laughs> but no, but remember, Jasmine, we're not ranking the princesses. It's their film as a whole. Yeah. So okay, fair, Jasmine fair, is yeah. not necessarily Lish's. 13th place princess as a character we're looking at the movie overall so i mean that's a whole that's a whole other conversation but just so you know if that makes you feel any better a little better yeah okay Okay. my biggest qualm i was gonna bring out was the milan thing but you've addressed it because that angered me looking at the rankings (laughs) that angered me quite (laughs) but i was also surprised at how high both moana moana and Cinderella were in both of your rankings. I didn't know that about you guys. Oh. Yeah. So Cinderella is a funny one because I grew up with that VHS. So it was one of the few that we owned. Like I didn't have the extensive library that you guys did as a kid. We had maybe six. One of them was Pinocchio, which is why I loved it. One of them was Pocahontas, which is why why I loved it. And then Cinderella we watched often. And like Joel and I find it hilarious like I'm laughing constantly through that movie and growing up Joel and I would quote it to each other a lot so it just became like when I rewatched it for the purposes of learning more about it there were so many lines that I was just looking forward to happening and like so many scenes that I was just like oh yeah then this happens so to me it's very nostalgic Mm -hmm. um even though I understand objectively why for other people it's like, man, like it's fine. It's definitely not as exciting as something Mm -hmm. like Moana, but it just has rooted itself deeply into my heart. I think it's a classic and I love the music. I know Lish doesn't, Uh. but I love the music. So that (laughs) does a lot of heavy lifting for me with any of these movies. The music Mm -hmm. always ratchets things up in terms of rankings for me. For sure. I mean, I never liked that one as a kid. Kristen actually loved that one when she was little and wanted to watch it over and over and over again and I didn't really care for it but it's one that's like in my adult life definitely made a resurgence and I just think like it's really pretty and it's just it's one that I really like to have on so I find myself watching it quite often 
And, and did, so, did the live action help with that at all too? Like, did it kind of turn oh, totally. something on your brain? I think, yeah, I okay. think so. I think the, and I think we talked about this in that episode, but the have courage and be kind branding mm. is just like, it's great. I love it. It is. Yeah. It's beautiful. Okay. So this is a little bit of a different taking a turn, but I was curious, <laughs> how has this doing the background research and looking into how these movies are made? I know both of you want to eventually be in the industry different levels but to some extent Mm -hmm. how has this changed your future career aspirations did learning about specific roles within the industry change your ideal job at all Mm -hmm. it's a good question i mean why don't you take for me for me i the the role that i want has not changed because that i'm like on the production path that that's been kind of you know i'm not i'm not an artist. So that's not something that I can kind of jump over to as much as sometimes I wish I was. But what has changed the most is different people that I would love to work with. So like, especially in the Renaissance and, you know, people that are still in the industry now learning about, you know, a variety besides just like, you know, Glenn Keane that everybody knows about and stuff like that Mm -hmm. has really been like, oh, it would be so cool to work with that person. And be so cool to be on a project with this person and also learning about the people that they're referencing. So like Ivan Earl wasn't a name that I had ever heard before, but then like learning that like Michael Giamo, like is a big fan of him and he's referencing him. And that just makes me love Michael Giamo so much more. And there's just like all of that intertwined with the people. And that was the biggest takeaway for me from behind the scenes is learning about the artists themselves and, you know, becoming a bigger fan of more of them. I was about to say, I think that like more than anything, this just got you more pumped to work there someday. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it was kind of just like, oh my gosh, not only did Glenn Keane work there to use him again, as he's our classic mm-hmm. example, but it's like, but so did X, Y, Z, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, like so many other names that you respect. Mm-hmm. And now you understand kind of like how they fit into the bigger Disney story. And I think I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think the idea of you being a contributor in the same way is very exciting oh, because totally. there are so yeah. many names. It's not just three people that have done all this heavy lifting. It's like it's grown from Walt's nine old men to being so many more in so many mm-hmm. different departments. So like there's more places for, for people sure. to fit, which I think is great. Yeah. For myself, I have never wanted to work at Disney Animation. (gasps) Shock, spoiler. I've never wanted to work on making the movies unless I was a voice actor and I didn't go to school for that. So there's no way they'd ever find me and I'm not going to audition for it because that's a lot of work. So my (laughs) Disney, I'm just being very honest here. Like if I'm a little late to the game, if my, you know, a hundred percent, like I want this more than anything would be to be a voice actor in a Disney film. That ship has sailed, honey. Like, sorry, you should have started Mm -hmm. 30 years ago. Um, But I still would love to be someone who works as an Imagineer designing stuff for the parks. So like, I can't, I think the short answer to your question, Kristen, is that no, this has not changed the job I want to do because we're a podcast who deliberately focuses more on the films than on the parks. I think there are a lot of great for now, but we are really excited to be contributing to the animation space in particular. So a lot Mm -hmm. of my like career passions about the Disney company, they're just not something that we talk about. We don't talk about that. Um, (laughs) It's not done here. Um, But that doesn't mean that we won't someday talk about it. And then it could change. 
as I learn more. I have this huge Disney Imagineering book on my shelf that I've literally never read because it's one of those kind of coffee table dream aspiration books that sometimes when I pull it out, I just get too sad because I'm not doing the job. So like maybe when I finally read that book, my, yeah. <laughs> my idea for my dream job yeah. would change. But for now, yeah. we're still gnawing away on the same bone of being a parade designer. Oh, I love a parade. Right? You know who didn't love a parade for the longest time? Lish. Because she was also, one of my proudest moments is that I converted Lish to a parade person. You did. You did. I didn't realize that until I listened to this podcast episode, one of the episodes. Yeah. But I'm so proud. Can I tell you what's really upsetting as a little tangent for a second? When Lish and I went to Disney Christmas 2015, and oh. I said, I would love to watch Festival of Fantasy Parade. And she's like, I don't do parades. I'm not doing that with you. She went off and did character meet and greets, which is fine. I sat in the sun to get the best seat in the house to do Away We Go. It's a festival of fantasy. Like killing it. I'm pumped. I'm like crying. Pinocchio comes. I'm waving. He's crying. Maybe. I don't know. Everyone's crying. <laughs> Later on, <laughs> later on. So this this happened years ago. And only recently did this come up again. And Lish asked why I didn't want to meet the characters. And I said, I did. I love character meet and greets. And Lish did not know this about me. Somehow, somehow it had escaped her knowledge, even though I was a character performer. <laughs> there was a misunderstanding that I did not also love character meet and greets. Which I think is funny. I think it's hilarious. I feel like you didn't want to do a lot of it when we were there. I have no words. <laughs> I have I no know. words. That's I did. just like no. how I remember it. No. Like you wanted to meet Chip and so, Dale and Peter Pan. And that's like, I don't know. So I love I love this. Guys, you're getting all these like, ooh, like what's happening behind closed doors in Scenario D. <laughs> Mom and dad are fighting. No, listen. <laughs> I... I I remember when we were planning that trip, we had talked about the things that we both love to do at the parks. And you and I mm. have significantly different approaches to a Disney World vacation. Lish, for those of you who don't know, is a go, 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 go type of gal. It's fast pass to fast pass. If we don't have oh, yeah. three fast passes lined up, we're doing it wrong and I'm turning this car around type situation. <laughs> so like Lish would rather be going on rides, like having a purpose all the time. I am one of those people who, if it was up to me, I would just walk around, meet Chip and Dale like five times in the day, meet Peter more than once, do the parades, and then just like keep meeting characters and doing Mickey's Philhar magic like until the cows come home. So I remember when we talked right. about what we wanted to do on that trip, I decided for myself, I didn't voice this, but I was just like, it's okay if I don't do as many character meet and greets because I've already done them. So I just didn't oh, bring it up because I, I knew you didn't okay. love them the same way that I did. So the Crystal Palace was kind of the the bridge you know, mm. if Crystal Palace is Atahalan and we are Elsa, like, you know, that was the bridge. <laughs> that was for me to get to characters. Right. Okay. That was the kind of compromise. Because I do like meeting characters and I felt like you didn't want to. That is so, so funny. I, well, the next time we're going, then all we're doing is meeting characters yeah. because I'm fired up about it. So <laughs> it's fantastic. Glad we got to the bottom of that. Thank I'm you glad we got to the bottom of this with your session. sister's present because yeah. this was a big <laughs> issue. What is something you learned that you think you're going to remember? Or like the most interesting fact you learned. For me, it was that Belle read Twilight. Uh -huh. um. <laughs> Facts. 
I mean, Aww. it's pretty likely. That's that was. Yeah. I will say that was one of my favorite moments of this whole season was Lish saying Kyle Red Twilight. It really caught me off guard. And then to be listening to that in the car with my mom and my mom to be caught off guard. Oh, it, was so funny. it really just put us both over the edge. You know what is not the most memorable thing that we learned? That Sean, you horse villain. <laughs> <laughs> I had so many people come for me about that fun fact. Where and I'm like, did you not listen to the episode? We already talked about the fact that it's not a fun fact, and that I just put it in there as a note. Yeah. And it was something about not understanding Google Drive. Like it was just, oh my goodness. Like ah. I think curbs. I it, liked it. If it makes you feel better, I loved it. It does make me feel better. I liked it a lot too. I tried to find the other villain and I couldn't. Oh my goodness. There are like, there are a few that ride horses, but it's really only Renaissance villains because anytime people are like, there are so many, they can only name three and Sean Yu is one of them. So anyway, I digress about Sean Yu on the horse. I think for me, it's some of the smaller tech pieces that I find really fascinating. Like um, how many hours it took to render like, you know, Merida's hair, which we didn't talk about Merida. I understand that, but like, or rendering Anna's braid crown took like, you know, one person that was their whole job was just like making her hair. How many iterations of like the software they went through to get to what we see in frozen two versus what we started with in something like tangled. Like, and that was only what a five year span and they mm-hmm. made so much progress. Cause those are things that I don't know because I'm not in that line of work. And I'm sure Lish for you, some of those things you would have already known because you work mm-hmm. in the industry. So it's not as surprising um, as to some like a pleb like me who's just like I don't know what's going on. Like I'm just <laughs> I'm just here for the characters <laughs> and the music. And the music. the The biggest one for me was just Sleeping Beauty as a whole. Like I was amped for that episode. Jazz actually recorded it in your bedroom, and I was like, I was messaging Curbs that whole week while I was researching, and I'm like. I'm so excited. Like I found this and this out and it was just like a huge like breakthrough of a bunch of things I didn't know and just like learning about how the movie got to be so beautiful, but it was so over budget and all of that and it took way too much time and how that actually changed animation and how they animated and just like the structure behind Disney Animation Studios for the years to come was really interesting to me. So that was like one of my favorite ones in terms of research and stuff that we learned about. Did Lish not try to get you guys all to watch it with her the week we were preparing for it? And you guys were like, absolutely not. Succeeded. Like we were on the couch. I think two people were sleeping and (laughs) I I was on my phone. And I was on my phone the whole time. But technically we were all there. That's so funny. Not a family <laughs> just, film, clearly. She just kept saying, oh, it's so beautiful. Look at, look at the tree. Look at that yeah. tree. <laughs> you're like, it's a tree. I don't get it. Like, this isn't. I mean, they are nice trees. But... They're nice trees. Yeah. Okay. I stand yeah, by the I trees. Think, I think a lot of the stuff about, like, you know, that we learned about Disney behind the scenes or Disney at the time, a lot of those things, I think, were already floating around in our brains collectively. Mm-hmm from over the years being interested in the company, but it was some of those more like finer points about Mm -hmm. specific sections that kind of stand out more. Yeah. Or just like with that movie, it's like, I know it's a beautiful movie, 
what's the effect of that? Like, you know, you know, it was one of the most like expensive time consuming movies, but then just learning more about the fallout Mm -hmm. and like how that actually impacted things. And yeah, that was really cool. I will say that's my favorite part of your podcast is actually the, when you guys talk about the, both the cultural impact of the movies and also the impact at Disney studios and Mm -hmm. how, each movie whether it's like artistically has an impact or with like when you talk about women and how Mm -hmm. they've kind of progressed within so that's my favorite part is learning about that stuff i like the drama (laughs) (laughs) i like the drama and stirring the pot because i'm not here to make friends (laughs) speaking of drama are we ready for some qualms yeah Apparently, they're all for you, so I'm pumped. <laughs> um, I can start with one that's not for you. And I'm going to okay. preface this by saying I like her. I don't have anything really against her. Oh, However, with the exception of maybe Aurora, I don't think any princess did less to help themselves in their current situation than Cinderella. And I found you both, Mamie Curbs, was very easy on her. Oh, that's interesting. All right. So I feel like we addressed this a little bit. So I'm I'm sorry for those of you listening. If you're like, we already talked about this and Jasmine's crazy, which I mean, she very well might be. Yes. So Herbs, I'm going to stop you the- there. We addressed this, but it didn't make it into the episode because <gasps> you went on for like 20 minutes and it is on the cutting room floor. Listen, I am okay. livid. Listen. We talked listen. about it. We talked listen. about it. Listen to this. I love how the qualm that Jasmine has prepared for me could have been avoided yeah. if the editor had included it was so everything long. I said. So oh my gosh. Long. You should find that clip and send it to Chaz. But to yeah. summarize, this is the thing about Cinderella. I don't want to get... I don't want to go too long because Lisha's going to cut it again. But this is this is the thing about her. I think a lot of people forget with fairy tales, and it's easy. We all do it. We forget the context of where they live and when they lived. So Cinderella took place in what, like the 15th, 1500s? Listen to me, 1500s, which meant that as like a single woman living in her father's house, once he died, there's nowhere for her to go. Like, I would like to know from you, Jasmine, what you would have liked her to do. I think just stand up for herself, even in the smallest way. Like she never once, like even Snow White, who also took place around the same time, had the good sense to run away when things weren't looking good. True. So I would argue that, and this this kind of comes out more in the live action one with the have courage and be kind. I would argue that Cinderella choosing to stay and be gracious to the people who are quite like quite honestly her captors and her tormentors, the decision to stay and be kind to them is her resistance. That is the rebellion. Her running away would have been much easier. She took on a whole world of hurt that she did not quote unquote have to. And again, I'm, I'm saying it in quotes because there was nowhere for a single woman to go. If she had run away, she for sure would have died. I would argue that Snow White ran away because she was 13 years old in the original fairy tale and is a child. So as we know, children like Ariel and Snow White make stupid decisions and we don't like them because they don't think through anything because they need adult supervision at all times. Cinderella as a young woman is looking at her life and going, I can either hate every single second or I can make the most of it. And I feel personally like she made the most of it. And I don't want to spend 20 minutes because, again, Lish is going to cut it. But 
I, I feel like that shows a greater strength of character. So while I agree that when I was a kid, I felt the same way. Not saying you're a kid. Oh my gosh, that came out. <laughs> <laughs> Jasmine is 12, everyone. No, but like, I remember watching it for many, many years and thinking the same thing where it's like, I just wish she would like get it together and like go somewhere else. But now as an adult, when I watch it, I'm like, that is so much harder. She's making the much harder choice, which to me is a much more like royal and like princess approach. I also feel like, yes, like that context of why she stayed was missing from like, cause I kind of agree with Chaz, but they added it in the live action. Like that's something else that added yes. depth with adding the, like her, you know, it was her parents' house and like they're alive in the house and like adding that dimension to it went a long way for me. Mm-hmm. But that was not a part of the animated story. You could argue, though, that in the animated one, the relationships she had with these animals who were also victims of other terrible people like Lucifer, like she was protecting them. So if she's got this bleeding heart kind of approach to everyone around her, like that would be another reason you could argue that she didn't leave is because she knew if she did, these animals who she loves so deeply would not be cared for because clearly her stepmother and stepsisters are not going to step up to the plate. They're not. So... Again, this is royal behavior. I think I think that this is pretty upstanding. So if you're going to come for her for that, I don't know, man. I might have a qualm with you. Let me just say that. I mean, I think Gus Gus Alive is a good reason to stay. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're a Gus Gus stan, not even just a fan. It's a stan. No, so. Yeah, obsessed. All right, Christy, do you have a qualm? Well, I mean, are we ready? Because, yeah. oh my God, here it comes. I'm rolling up my been- sleeves. Honestly, the only reason I agreed to do this was to come here and talk to Alicia about Belle with <sighs> moderators because it's going to get real ugly. Um, when I tell you I was screaming at my phone during the Unpopular Opinions episode, I was go- losing my mind. Anyways, <laughs> let's get to it. So for all my Bell people, this is for you. <laughs> Alicia, during this, we'll start... I felt like, and Curbs kind of tried to address this with you. I mm-hmm. felt like the arguments you used to defend Ariel were the same arguments you used to come after Belle within this episode. The hypocrisy for me. <laughs> so, for example, <laughs> when you're talking about their dreams, mm-hmm. for Ariel, you said the feeling you get from Ariel is that she's not where she's meant to be. Same for Belle, but for Belle, you said she's just bored. She's not making any effort Mm -hmm. and that she's really hard on the town people around her when they're hard on her. They call her Mm -hmm. peculiar, uh, behind that fair facade, I'm afraid she's rather odd, Mm -hmm. uh, strange. She's a funny girl. The worst thing she says about them is that they're boring. Like, they're mean to her. And, and... You said she's not making any effort. In that song, she runs up to the baker and she's like, here, let me tell you about your my book. And he goes, that's nice, and cuts her off. So clearly Ooh, she's making okay. an effort there. And they're like, girl, no. <laughs> also, also, you yeah. said this song is insulting. And you, this got me. You said she's not really trying. She's got a beautiful house, a beautiful plot of land. She's got things going on. Arrow had a freaking castle. She was like a princess, but for her, it's okay to run away. And for Bella, it's not okay to have dreams. Like, what? Okay. Okay. All right. Like, okay. What? Okay. Okay. First, I have a question. Yes. Can I ask a question really quick? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Christy, 
Did yeah. you take these notes the first time you listened to this episode or the second time? Because I feel you have this written down. You're like, I don't oh, want to forget a single thing. <laughs> oh, I took these notes the second time. The first time I was too mad. I couldn't even write. <laughs> you texted me. You were so mad. I got a message from you and I was yeah. like, take it up with Lish. Yeah. She yeah, also okay. brought it up with me at work, Lish, like when we both still worked at Roots. She like came up to me and was like, I'm listening to this episode and I'm livid. And she was like yeah. yelling at me across the store. So, so let I, me just say, you're not the only one. Um, the Scenario D podcast Instagram, um, if you want to go read some additional comments, you can go to oh, that yeah. post. Um, so we got, and and honestly, like I, I welcome it. Like I knew that by speaking negatively about Belle, who is like, so beloved that we would get some of this feedback and I think it's great like I want to have these conversations and you have some good points what I, I kind more. of uh, okay I'll, I'll let you get to them but let me just on this one what I kind of learned when like reflecting on my conversation with curbs was I think with either of these princesses they're both very flawed no matter how you look at it but it kind of depends on whether or not you specifically relate to them and it like that princess tugs at you you know and for me Ariel does like I see her I get her and like I have feelings there which is why I'm so apt to defend her Belle I just for whatever reason I don't feel it and so because I don't feel it I can take a step back and look at all the things that are like, you know, not uh-huh. great. So hypocrisy. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Hypocrisy. I mean, it is, it is a little <laughs> bit. Because she, she she also said Ariel has, quote, curiosity and drive. And mm-hmm. then Belle doesn't think things through when they're talking about their decisions. And I was like, they made very similar decisions. Mm-hmm. I will. I must jump in to Alicia's defense, though, for one second. And not even defense, but I must say, I do understand what you're saying. And I agree because I think that's the same reason that you get so frustrated that I don't like Brave, like, at all. Mm-hmm. Like, if Brave, like, Brave is so low for me on my ranking. Mm-hmm. I get bored when I watch it, unless I'm with you. And I think the only reason I like watching it when I'm with you is because you're feeling so much next yeah. to me that it's hard not to, like, pick up on that. So... I understand what you're saying because I feel it the same way, but against Ariel. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I'm as big a stan for Belle as Kristen is. So I'm, I wasn't as offended by your arguments. And, Um, and just to like clarify, like, I don't hate Belle. I just think she's overrated. Like she's so many people's favorites, so many people. And Mm -hmm. that to me, like, I don't get it. So like the whole point of this episode was us trying to deep dive into why we have that opinion and kind of break that down mm-hmm. and try to explain it and debate it and have a discussion about it. So that was kind of the whole purpose of the episode and where I was coming from. Okay. So actually, That's Kristen, yes. Kristen, could you tell us why you love Belle so much? I think yes. that also would be good for us to know, to understand why you're so upset because I have to assume... And I might be giving you too much credit, so you let me know if I am. But I have to assume that the reasons you love Belle are not just because, well, she likes to read and she has brown hair and so do I. <laughs> there has to be more there. So I'm wondering She's if maybe – and smart. Yeah. Like <laughs> give us give us your side of why Belle is so great just, just to maybe help us and then anyone else listening to understand like where you're coming from with this anger. 
And it's yes. directed at your yes. older sister. <laughs> because I feel like I am Belle. Belle is me. Um, but I related to her in the fact that I always felt a little different growing up in that I always wanted different dreams. I had different dreams than everyone around me. A lot of my friends wanted to, you know, stay in KW, which is Mm -hmm. awesome and have families and whatever. And I always had, um, ambitions of traveling and getting out and all these things. So I related to that feeling of being trapped in a small town and having bigger dreams and, um, that feeling of being different or just having, thinking different than other people. And that's why I think I love Belle so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why so many people relate to her. That's interesting because I felt the same thing growing up, but I never attached that feeling to Belle. Like to me, that's why I resonate with Ariel, which is so interesting because they mm-hmm. actually, when you think about it, are similar. It kind of just comes down to your personal preference on which one you think is kind of dumb and which one you're like really rooting for. Yeah, for sure. I think they're both dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Chaz is stirring the pot. Oh, God. She's here for the drama. Let me tell you. Drama, drama, drama. I will say, too, the Twilight comment was really funny. Okay, thank you. Um, I love that. It was a redeeming factor. It was a redeeming factor. And I, I do think the books thing is, like, a valid point that, like, just because you read books doesn't mean you're smart. For me, a bigger thing... or or a better argument for her intelligence is the fact that she is able to think for herself. Like she's the only one that recognizes Gaston for who he is straight from Mm -hmm. the get-go. Everyone else is fooled. And um, yeah, she doesn't go with the status quo. She's able to think for herself. I think that's a better than just she reads books. What if we're not fooled by Gaston, but don't care? Like myself. <laughs> Does that mean I'm unintelligent you're, or that I'm you're intelligent? You're still smart, Curbs. Um, okay. That's just a different problem. Okay. <laughs> just checking. Just, just yeah. checking. Just checking. That's all. I also am living for the fact that Christy's pulling direct quotes out. I'm picturing her with a highlighter yeah. and a copy of the script, <laughs> and she's pausing the podcast to go, I know it's here somewhere. And she's like feverishly, yep. like, she's sweaty. She hasn't slept for days. Like, she's got the podcast in one ear, the movie on, and it's like going back and forth. Oh, it's literally me an hour ago. Literally yeah. me an hour ago. I have direct quotes. She's like, what's yeah. your Disney Plus have- password? I was like, oh, she's yeah. yeah. I, need- I need the direct <laughs> quotes. I applaud the dedication. I think this is what we demand of our guests here on Scenario D. Like, anyone who- else who comes on here now, you've set the bar pretty high for being prepared. So. Do your research, folks. Yeah. If you're gonna take these two on, you have yeah. to, you have to come prepared. That's all I know. Lish, you defended Ariel very hard, and I don't care. Like either way, um, <laughs> I'm not but, interested. <laughs> no, it's not my favorite, but I don't hate her. But she was her or her movie was only ranked tenth. So mm. why did you defend her so hard if she's not actually even like your favorite or close to? So her? that that's a good point, and that is another one that's like. that I felt like maybe I should move up but I'm just not sure above what I will say this it's when curbs goes on the attack mode for someone that I even just like kind of like there's something that it's just like I have to defend them and I end up liking them more you do end. it to annoy me. I'm convinced you convince yourself they're great. It's not to annoy you. Like it just it just I don't know. It's like I feel so bad for them because like you sometimes are so aggressive, which is like I love that about you, but I also feel like 
like someone needs to defend them unless I wholeheartedly agree. I'm laughing because they're fictional characters. But I, right? I was just going to say, they're not real and they don't <laughs> have really feelings. I really feel like we have to protect them. Well, question for, for, I mean, for like Alicia too, is it similar where for Belle, I feel almost personally attacked because I relate to her. Is Ariel a similar situation? Yeah. I mean, like for me, Ariel is special, like that movie in terms of, where like what it meant for the Disney company it was the birth of a renaissance it was Howard Ashman it was Glenn Keane it was like all these really really important things and so like there's something about it that since then we have done that Disney has done that story again and they've improved it and they've done it much better and now we've got a lot more stronger smarter heroines that I'm much prefer and can get behind but I still there's still part of me that relates to Ariel and like but me coming me coming for Ariel because I'm frustrated with her as a character does not mean that I'm coming for the film so my like your your love for Howard Allen you know that that birth of the renaissance it actually has nothing like I'm not attacking that at all it's the character she is so infuriating Yes, but to me, it's it's hard to uh, it's kind of hard emotionally to separate it. Mm. That's fair. Yeah. All right, Curbs. I'm yeah. I'm gonna come for you a little bit. Not That's really, fine. but one for Curbs was that I had maybe heard the phrase "home on the range" twice in my life before uh. listening to this podcast, <laughs> and now that count is like above twenty. Like, what is with all of the home on the range? shout outs you don't even like the movie listen I want to rename that movie to home on the rage because it makes me so angry I I could think of no greater insult than comparing something to home on the range have you seen it oh God. no I feel like if you had seen it you would understand why it comes up so much because it truly led many Disney legends to disgrace like Michael Giammo the guy who was responsible for Pocahontas, Frozen, Frozen 2, like all the art direction. He was the art director on Home on the Range and he left with his tail between his legs because that movie was trash. Like a dog's Like breakfast. multiple people like left multiple Disney people. after and not just because it was like the last, like it actually like ended 2D animation at yes. Disney. Like, like it is like... literally a disaster. It yeah. was a disaster of epic proportions. So it kept coming up because I could think of nothing worse in the Disney universe to compare anything to. No. All right. All I'm saying is maybe next season limit it to like once per episode. You get Honestly, one home on the Honestly, I'm hoping not to mention it at all because it upsets me too much. So okay. we're just going to try to leave it out Okay. in its entirety. Yeah. That's the new goal. Yeah. We're going to keep Love the guest on references though, right? I mean, your father has a lot to say about that. He doesn't appreciate it. My younger brother also is really annoyed by it. But, like, I would keep them going. You may have noticed that they dropped off in the later episodes because I was trying to listen to our audience. But I am I would be fine with them sticking around. I think there will be moments where it naturally just fits in. Mm-hmm. And we'll He's drop gonna those come in. Up. He's going to He's come gonna up. Come well, up I'm, for sure. I'm, okay. I'm okay with the Gaston lens. I, I support I support yeah. that for you. I support your Gaston crush, but no. the cows are a no. Yeah, cows are a no for me. Cows are a no. This is for my man Joel. You guys referred continuously referred to Sir Elton John as just Elton John, 
the disrespect. I know. I know. I Do you know how many times I had this conversation with Joel where he was like, how dare you disrespect Sir Elton of the realm without calling him sir? And I said, yes, but Joel, lions, lions, like Elton at the piano lions. with lions. And he he didn't take that very well. So I would like to officially come on record here as mm-hmm. apologizing to Sir Elton John, Lord of the Realm, and all yeah. of his fans who were offended by the fact that I did not address him properly. It was not intentional. It will not happen again. And I am appropriately saddened and dismayed by my lack of respect. Yeah. I will do And, better. you know, we we really do. We are Sir Elton John fans and, like, of his work that he's done with Disney. It was just mm-hmm. in that context of Lions. We yes. poked a little fun. So, yes. apologies. Yes. Apologies, Sir Elton. Well, if we don't have any more issues with season one, I think this might be a good time to talk about what's coming up in season two, since, you Mm. know, two logically follows one. So, Liz, should we share with the listeners what the theme of season two is? I think we've teased it enough, but officially get it on record. Season two is going to be the hero squad, the boys. Mm. Yep, for the boys. We're we're going blue, switching it up. It's going to be- Going blue. Some of my, I mean, actually some of both of our favorite movies like are, yeah. are in this season. So like, yeah, we're excited. We, we really love and respect the princesses, but in our hearts, we're not really princess people. Yeah, it's true. So we're, we're really pumped for season two and some yes. of the movies that we're going to go into. Mm-hmm. And actually spoiler, my favorite Disney movie of all time is in this season. So if you think you know what it is, you should let us know. Mm-hmm. on our instagram yes you should let reach out to us guess what it is because i'm gonna bet that most of you can't guess what it is so i dare you to try well ladies it was a treat to have you on the pod today really mm-hmm. fun to have people that aren't us um yeah to talk to <laughs> get some more shenanigans in the studio here today and hopefully airing some of your qualms and grievances with us as well as asking your questions helped you kind of Come to terms with what happened in season one and gets you pumped for season two. You can't wait for season two. Thanks for having us. I feel better. Good. I'm glad. (laughs) (laughs) If you're looking for more shenanigans like these, make sure to subscribe to the Scenario D podcast wherever you love to listen. And catch us on Instagram at Scenario D Podcast. You're going to love the magic we're making there.